What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Wieschuk. I'm here with special guest, Kim Hayden. Welcome. Hi, Emma. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, you know, just every opportunity to connect makes me happy. Awesome. This is going to be so wonderful because you empower entrepreneurs, right? That's empowering entrepreneurship. That is what you do but you're also resilient women in business. Correct. So uh, currently working on the Resilient Women book franchise. Our goal is 30 books in 36 months, featuring 540 women in different genres. So everything from life after divorce to motherhood to uh, women in business, uh, women in wealth, success after 40, you name it. And what we're doing is we're taking very much Jack Canfield's chicken soup for the soul, mm-hmm. taking that approach and uh, putting a positive spin on challenges that women face and creating the resilient language around it and showcasing amazing coaches, speakers, and authors around the world. That is awesome. I mean, okay. As a publisher, I applaud you for trying to get a book out every month or more than one book out every month. So I applaud you with that. And as a business owner, that's a woman, I can tell you business as a woman is completely different than business as a man. Absolutely. Well, with um, national statistics of less than 3%, so it's 2.4% of all small business loans that are granted on traditional banking platforms go to women. And if you are a female that is of color or has a notable access accent or any other kind of visible uh, disability or anything like that, you actually go to less than 1% where you will actually get the money. All the rest of the money is going to men. And yet 46% of new small businesses for women are registered, or new small businesses are registered to women. Mm-hmm. So there's a real disproportionate there. And part of that comes from, you know, that that confidence, right? We have all these imposter syndromes. We have all these, like, will somebody really want it? Is it really a value? Um, We think because it's our zone of genius, it must be for everybody's zone of genius. When the reality is your zone of genius is your zone of genius. And there's a lot of people out there that need that. They do. I mean, okay. So there's two different points here. One, being a woman, we think completely different than anyone else. We don't think in little square little boxes that everything fits neat. We're a ball of yarn, okay? 
And that's how we think. This is how we do business. Everything has to fit in the ball of yarn, not on the little box that's nice and neat and organized like the men have it, <laughs> you know? But that's how our genius works. Well, that's what has made us traditionally really great nurses, uh, secretaries. And now what is now what's happening is we're seeing women move into the doctor and the CEO mm -hmm. because we realize that to run a multi-million, multi-billion dollar company, you need to be multifaceted. You need to be able to do reverse engineering on any situation. And women are the ultimate reverse engineers. We like, okay, got a problem. Well, how do we fix it? And, and it's just what we've always done, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how many women out there have reverse engineered their teenagers. So, <laughs> I mean, if you could do that, you can run any unicorn company out there, but um, you know, there's so many opportunity. And I, I actually think like the pandemic has been in so many ways, amazing for women because we've, we we're leveling a lot of the playing fields when it comes to technology and voice and accessibility. Mm -hmm. And now it's just a matter of, you know, uh, making sure that women see other women in leadership spaces. Um, it's interesting when they survey uh, men when they are going to hire a coach or go to a coaching program, men tend to gravitate towards male coaches, male leaders. And when they survey women, 50% of the time, women will gravitate towards male leaders and male coaches. So mm -hmm. that means we're leaving only 25% of the market available for women that have amazing voices that are ready to step into the leadership. So I just challenge everybody to give a woman a, uh, a try for her leadership and her coaching, because these are voices we need to hear and we need to pay attention. It is. Women have so many more ideas that we don't listen to. And then when someone does listen to it, they go, oh, we should have listened to it a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. Our husbands always do that, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, seriously. Oh, we have this great idea. I told you this idea six months ago. Now you have the same idea. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. I mean, if we can do it with our homes, our households, our teenagers, our husbands, our significant others, we can do this in business. Absolutely. And I think, um, I love the fact that we're starting to see. So this last year, what was it? Something like seven unicorn businesses. So these are like businesses that can hit a billion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Were ran by women over the age of 56, I believe was the number that came out. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're seeing more CEOs transition into fem female-led CEOs. We're seeing more C uh, COOs in the position of being women. We're seeing this. We're seeing the more startups come from women. Absolutely. We just, you know, uh, see it is, what is it from what's that movie robots? Remember robots? Mm -hmm. And they had the robot that would go around and fix everything. Yep. Uh, see, see a need, see, mm -hmm. see a need, feel a need. Mm -hmm. And that's really women. We see a need, we feel a need. We see a need, we feel a need. And it's about time that we step in, up and say, hey, we fixed that. We did that. We brought that to the forefront. So, you know, I want to get paid. I want the recognition. 
right now that we have to have equal pay because we, you know we're fixing everything because that's what women do we fix things now we need to get paid for it absolutely absolutely um and it is interesting because women there still is a a pay gap mm-hmm Absolutely. Um, and you see it, if any, I challenge anybody out there, um, go on and Google top paid motivational speakers, USA. Yeah. And out of the 20, you'll have six that are women and all the rest are men. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is the, how much they get paid is so unproportional. And it may be the same advice said in a different, lighter tone than what men say. Men are abrasive. That's what they do. Women are more nurturing. That's what we do. But we have to be paid equally. But how did you get into this? Oh, you know what? Um... Okay, so I, okay, long story short, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas. I was a, uh, um, a basically a high school dropout hairdresser, uh, got pregnant when I was 19, one thing after another, you, everything, every scenario that you can put out there that says not going to go far, right? Right. Um, and then I picked up and I moved to Vegas and in Vegas, I, cause that was back in the early nineties and that's where good pay and medical insurance. And I, being a single mom, mm-hmm. got in the, you need that medical insurance. So I went to Vegas, worked at the Mirage, waited on my husband, ended up in Canada. My husband's Canadian. Who knew Canada was even here? I didn't. I'm from Kansas. I knew where Colorado was. I knew where Texas and Oklahoma. You only need to know the States around you. Cause that's about as far as I went growing up. And, um, you know, I ended up coming up here and started expanding my, I didn't, there was a lot of things that I didn't have to worry about. Right. I didn't, I was no longer medical was no longer an issue or concern. So started opening up doors where I could start thinking of entrepreneurship, uh, because I've never fit within the box. I, I, I am totally unemployable. Um, that kind of started leading into, you know, what do I do? I'm, I'm still, I like sailing, you know, I like, you know, people. I like community. So I ended up in real estate for 22 years. And during the time in real estate, I was, you know, award-winning every year out my first year, I've done a million dollars in commissions in a year's time. Um, I've uh, received both provincial and uh, uh, international awards for leadership within my uh geographical community. And this then led to, I was doing videos about Kim's kitchen because why Kim's kitchen? Cause kitchen's the heart of the home and I sell homes, not just houses. That was my whole tag. That was my whole thing. And I would send out recipe cards and I had these little videos and I had a, a producer see it and he goes, Oh, we should put you on Shaw TV. And so Shaw TV in uh, Canada would be kind of like if you saw Cox TV or like one of those one of those telecommunication companies mm-hmm. in the states. Yeah. So Shaw is a major telecommunications company in Canada, and they I ended up doing five seasons of a TV show with them, and I had never done anything like that before in my life. And this is like learning how to do run a show and how to organize your camera crew, how to like even all the insurance and all the language and everything. 
and really fell in love with the production of stories. It was like literally taking real estate mm -hmm. and that love of the person behind the door and the community they live in to a whole new level. And next thing you know, six years later, I produced two to two full, um, we had Homes and Lifestyles Canada for two seasons on CTV, which is like an NBC or an ABC in the States. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had uh, five seasons of Kim's Kitchen, which was the variety show that Shaw asked me to do. And from there, I ended up moving in this. I had somebody said, oh, you should do a book and da, 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 da. And next thing you know, the Resilience Series is kind of born. Back in 2018, I'm going... I love these stories. I, I get to sit down and talk to this young woman who's first, her mother was an immigrant to Canada, single mom, uh, East Indian with her brothers, didn't have a eighth grade education, could not read. And her and her brother, like I think she had two or three siblings. They all ended up with post-secondary. She ended up becoming a lawyer and she runs this whole program to, um, to help people guide them on their legal needs mm -hmm. without having to pay the hourly rate for a lawyer. So it's basically like a consulting to help so people. Almost navigate. like what Legal Shield is here in the States. I don't know if it's yes. international. Yep. Yep. Oh no, I know Legal Shield. So it's very similar, but with more of a personal touch, right? Mm -hmm. She deals a lot with women who are lower income and, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I get her story, right? And I'm mm -hmm. sitting there going, oh, there's all these amazing women. I'm getting these incredible stories. What if, what if we took it to the next level? And that's where the resilience series is born, where we do television content. We do books. We do, you know, every aspect that a woman needs in order to put that credibility and that authority behind her brand. That is an awesome why. I mean, yeah. you can't have a better wire than that. You, we have how many, women out there that are completely unemployable because just our personalities make us <laughs> sorry <laughs> me, me i can't be employed by anyone <laughs> i'm too opinionated um but that's what makes us great ceos coos it, it puts us in a great leadership role because we are unemployable <laughs> and then you have us unemployable for other reasons where we have that dropped out of school. We have the babies at 16. We have the whatever it is. That yeah, you're, us you're too, you're too loud or you're, you're too, you know, in, in people's faces or you don't speak up or, you know, you're, you know, you're a little extravagant and where you, you know, your clothing you wear, or you have pink hair. And all these things are things that we hear all the way through from the time mm -hmm. we're five years old to the time we hit 50. And that, that is, I believe the reason that we don't make as much mm -hmm. because we don't ask for it because we don't have the confidence. So I just come in and I just boost the confidence a bit saying, we're going to put this embed in your website, this embed in your website, this embed in your website. We're going to build this up. We're going to put all these things together. Mm -hmm. And you know what, then you need to read what you wrote. You need to read who you are because it's pretty amazing. And you need to ask for the money. Yeah. Ask for the money. When I was building my company in the business plan. And one of the parts of the business plan is how much people are getting paid. Now, I don't have in my head, this is going to be employed by a man or this is going to be employed by a woman. It's just a position on a page right now. 
So it's base pay. Well, what am I getting paid? And my COO looked at me, she says, no, you're not getting paid this. You are running this company. You're getting paid this. And it's like double what we originally wrote down. Why? Because I wasn't going to ask for it because I felt guilty as a woman getting paid that much. Yep. And that's what the disconnect is. We feel guilty. We don't think we're worth that much. So we don't perceive and ask for the pay raise. Absolutely. Um, in surveying, I, I spent some time over a few months talking to women who are coaches for women who are over 40 and we're having to pivot or we're, you know, growing into a, a greater demand position, those types of things. And the three things that always came back, credibility, confidence, and relevancy. And those were the three things that were stopping women from getting the business, getting what they deserved financially and growing. Exactly. One, we have to ask for getting paid. Whatever your time is, your time is worth something. You need to get paid for it. That's rule one. And that was something my first business coach said, your time is worth something. What are you getting paid for it? And that was a couple of years ago and I didn't click. Okay. It took years for it to click, but now I don't do anything unless my time is compensated. Because as a woman, as a CEO, my time could be better spent over here versus over here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And knowing um, those revenue creating opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So is it, is it, um, is it an asset? Is it content or is it cash? Like, mm -hmm. what are we looking at? And you need to know what you're asking for. Exactly. Everything is worth something. Now that you figure out what you're worth, now you figure out how much louder can you be in your voice? Uh, what is your confidence level that you can do this? And this takes coaching to another level. I had, you know, a lot of people going, oh, coach this, coach that. And I do, you know, I personally have always had a coach. When mm -hmm. I was in real estate, the reason I made the money I made was because I had a coach. Mm -hmm. um, it's fascinating how a lot of people go, well, it's good enough. And they, they bow out. The interesting thing when you interview Olympic athletes, mm -hmm. first of all, that athlete. So I, I had an opportunity to... Um, interview Erica Weeb, who is the Canadian gold medalist um, in wrestling. Mm -hmm. So she's so cool. And um, she said, the coach I started with is not the coach I went to the Olympics with, but the coach I went to the Olympics with, I would have not gone to the Olympics without. Mm -hmm. So when you have you know, people who are of the highest level, when we call it, talk about physical endurance and performance, and they are still being coached every single day. And there's always room for improvement. Um, you know, it's that constant growth. What am I learning today? It is. You can go to any athlete in any genre, anything. They have a coach. Now they have their professional coach if they're on a professional league, 
or they have a personal coach if they're like boxing. Yeah. You know, they still have a coach. What are they learning today? Exactly. So even in business, we have to have a coach because we have to learn what we don't know because we don't know what we don't know until someone points it out to us. Absolutely. And you know, if, if, if you're not comfortable with the term coach, you can call it an accountability partner. Cause at the end of the day, that's a lot of what, what this is, is Mm -hmm. the mentorship and coaching and leadership is accountability. Mm -hmm. It is. You just change the word. What, what do you resonate with in a word? Is it accountability? Is it a mentor? Is it a coach? Is it a someone I should just talk to and bounce ideas off of? What is your mindset to what the word is? Absolutely. And then after you have that, now you have to figure out how resilient are you? Because when you start a business, regardless of what it is, you have little roadblocks everywhere and you have to be able to pick yourself up and move forward. Well, it's interesting. Um, We're just with my team, my real estate team, we were just working on, uh, because I have a group of gals that I work with. Um, Today, we were just working on understanding the psychology behind the uh, vision boarding and why vision boarding is critical in order to achieve their goals that they want to achieve this year. Um, because the, the, they're not, they're not going out and going, I want to go, you know, 20 times higher than I did last year. They're saying, you know, last year I doubled my numbers this next year. I'd like to double my numbers. Again, these types of goals are, are very, very realistic. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was there's always four key strategies we see with successful people. And this is like going back to Thomas Edison, when we're talking about, you know, the invention, he had hundreds that failed, but he, however, he never called anything a failure. He called it feedback right? Mm-hmm. He learned from it. So the, the four key things is to create with clarity, whatever you're doing, create with clarity. Um, ref, uh, refuse to stay discouraged, right? So you, you need to understand that it is progress over perfection because perfection, it never happens, right? Uh, growth versus comfort. I think, what was it? James Clear, from Atomic Habits, he talks about our comfort zones and your comfort zones will kill anybody's, you know, future endeavors because you get comfortable and you just lose the uh, ambition or the focus to move forward, right? Um, And then, you know, uh, bringing it in to change your frequency of what you put out and what you bring in, right? So those those are some of the things that we just we talked about today and, and, and it's all in knowing where you're going, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Right. It's if you're in your comfort zone, you're not growing. Absolutely. If your dreams are not scaring you. You're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. And that's what we see in growth. It doesn't matter if you're starting a mom and pop store. It doesn't matter if you're selling your first real estate home or property. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If your dream of selling this isn't scaring you, you're dreaming too small. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everything is scalable, Mm -hmm. right? It's interesting. Um, I saw something come across. So everything costs money, Mm -hmm. no matter if it's a TV, uh, uh, 
advertisement or if it's in a magazine or if it's, you know, building a course program or getting licensed as a real estate agent, everybody thinks they're going to go into real estate and make lots of money. But the reality is if you don't have the revenue to scale your brand, so it's recognizable, you will be out of the business within 36 months. The average, um, the average real estate agent is it's, 87% of all real estate agents will fail within the first 36 months. So you only have a 13% likelihood of of survival. Then you go into, um, you look at small business. Uh, It's 46% of all small businesses will fail or 45% of all small businesses will fail within the first 36 to 48 months of inception. Mm -hmm. So you just have to figure out what your number is and where you're going to be and put your plan in place. Right. And, and if you pay your, if you pay to scale, so they say pay to pay for speed or grow. Everybody goes, Oh, Brene Brown was an overnight success. No, Brene Brown was 30 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Right. And so much money in that education. So Yeah. That's, I just, I'm just challenging everybody to invest in themselves this year right? And really get their just, goals out there. I was just talking to someone that's in, a, in the entertainment industry. They were like, well, I should have been able to do it in four years. Okay. Well, let's look at Steve Harvey. How many years did it take for him to become the successful known person he is today? It didn't happen four years. I think it's happened 20. <laughs> You know, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, A, you have to stick with it. You have to be resilient enough to stick with it and figure out your scalability. Your scalability isn't going to happen to from a $36 paycheck every day to a six-figure you know, paycheck every month. Not, absolutely. Not overnight. It's scalable there. Any business is scalable to get there but it takes time. You have to build your brand. You have to build your authority and you have to have a voice. Women do this a lot more than men do because they give up because they're not as resilient as we are. Yeah, absolutely. But we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Oh, okay. Uh, you can go to resilientseries.com um, and that uh, that's my website. And you can reach me at hello at resilientseries.com. I encourage every woman who sees herself as a professional um, and an expert in anything to really look at investing and in getting a piece of her story out this year. Make 2022 the year that you actually you know, get a piece of your story out to help others. So again, it's Kim Hayden. You can find me on Instagram at Resilient Series, Facebook, just find me underneath Kim Hayden and LinkedIn, Kim Hayden. Awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. You are a rock star. Thank you for having me. And for our viewers and our listeners, happy creating.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.